Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rte.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One. This is RTE Radio 1. And now Drama on One presents No One Ever Asked Me That. Written and devised by Louise Lewis, Nairi Jurgen Harsian and Goretti Slaven. 2021 and women are reclaiming themselves. We have the right to choose, but that doesn't mean that we're all choosing the same thing. No One Ever Asked Me That presents the stories we rarely hear. It challenges the taboos that still exist and have silenced women's voices. Taboos around reproduction choices, miscarriage, abortion, pregnancy and babies. Supported by real stories from real women, this play follows Jenny and Claire's opposite journeys along the same path. Listeners are advised that the play contains adult content, which some may find upsetting. This is No One Ever Asked Me That. I think she's waiting for me to say something. She's so young, this girl. Younger than me, anyway. Could your dates be wrong? No. Because if they're they not are... wrong. They asked me that already. They're not wrong. Right. And this is your first pregnancy? Yeah. I don't understand. I, I was taken easy. I just signed up for yoga. It's like not I've... anything you did. But how then? Unfortunately, it's very common. One in four pregnancies will miscarry. Jesus. The nurse will go through everything with you. She's looking at me now like we should wrap this up. All I can do is stare at the screen. Isn't it funny how at eight weeks to me it's like this fully grown baby? To anyone else it's just a blob of cells that aren't really anything yet. Doctor? I, um, could I have done something? It's nothing you've done, Jenny. Right. Okay. Thanks. Sometimes I think I'm a bad person. (laughs) What kind of a woman doesn't want kids? I've never felt the urge. I've never felt I was missing anything. I feel whole already. I don't need a child of my own to feel love. I see how Jenny's life has been turned upside down. I listen to my mum's constant encouragement, as she would call it. I'm happy as I am. I just need to keep reminding them. What does it mean to be maternal? I think for me, being maternal is being selfless and caring and putting whoever it is you're being maternal towards, be it your child or somebody else before yourself. When I was a teenager, I was a very keen babysitter. As I got older, into my late teens, I realised that I really 
didn't have the instinct to have children. For somebody to be maternal, they have the personality where it's it's in their nature to look after people or to notice when people kind of need a bit of minding, maybe. I wouldn't really consider myself to be very maternal, but um, I don't think it's something that's really necessary to be a mother or to be any kind of person. I think it's just kind of a personality trait that some people have. I never picked up a baby or was handed a baby by a pal or whatever and held it in my arms and thought, I'd love one of these. I never felt that. I never thought I'd like to have a baby. I did when I started thinking more about it in my 20s. I thought, well, that's the kind of basic that you'd expect, that there'd be that sort of maternal instinct kicking in there. And it just, uh, I just didn't feel it. Maybe it's just me, but I think society kind of gives this view that somebody who's maternal is soft and loving and caring and loves being around kids all the time and cuddling babies. And I think in reality, there's a lot more guilt, uh, anger, tiredness, fierce kind of protection of the child. There's negative emotions and negative characteristics as well but all done completely selflessly and not like begrudgingly just because you want the best for this child it failed the nct again can you believe i'm gonna get rid of it yeah, i believe that when i see it no honestly i'm getting a new car ma'am i swear this weekend do you want to come what are you thinking of getting another rust bucket or an actual car <laughs> my car is an actual car it's just old but I was thinking about a newer one, similar sort of size. Would you not get a bigger one, for God's sake? You can't lug buggies and nappy bags round in a small car, can you? But I don't have a buggy or a nappy bag. Not or... now, but trust me, you will. We don't want another, yes, I'll move into an apartment building with no lift fiasco. Ma'am. You'll have to move. Look at a baby up all those flights of stairs won't be fun. <laughs> sure, look at I know you'll do whatever you want, but I'm just trying to help you. Save you hassle in the future. But thanks, ma'am. But I don't think I need to worry about that just now. If I need to worry about that in five years, I'll worry about it then. Right. What time of the weekend, then? What? For the car shopping. I suppose I'll have to pick you up. You have no NCT. Uh... OK, great. Ten o'clock on Saturday. See you then. Well, if it was up to me, the whole marketing team would be changed. But sure, that's not going to happen. You have to just keep your head down, don't you? You'd lose the plot of them. I asked for those few days off for the doctor next week. Just two afternoons. And you only gave me one. Two put too much pressure on the rest of the team, Jenny. Oh, I don't even want the bloody job. My God, I know. Have you seen what they've done to the October planner? I can't believe... Oh, I'm so sorry. Jesus, what a mess. <sighs> he's torturing me today. <laughs> oh, God, he's gorgeous. How old is he? Seven months. Oh, he's a little demon. I wouldn't mind, only a three-year-old and a five-year-old too. Wow, three under six, good woman. <laughs> have you any yourself? No, none yet. I'll enjoy the freedom while you have it. Sorry, Claire, what were we saying? Uh, I've forgotten now. How's it going anyway? That's okay, I guess. 
Keep them positive. It's a bit of shit, to be honest. But we have to keep going, you know? I don't know. Babies are absolutely adorable, but it's so full on. I bet it's like nothing we could ever imagine full on. But I really want it. Which is gas, because I'm so tired already with just work, but it'll be worth it. I went out with the team last night. We went out just for a bite to eat and I ended up in this silent disco thing until all hours. It was amazing. It was so much fun. Couldn't have done that with a baby. <laughs> well, not every day, no, but every now and again, sure. And you want that? I want a family. Fair enough. Life with children is never dull. It's never boring. It's always interesting. Sometimes it's chaotic. Sometimes it's just the best thing in the world. But yeah, it, it is, um, especially when they're little children, you have this overwhelming sense of, I am responsible for these people. And that's a big responsibility. And then on the plus side, they love you completely and utterly. And they think you're the greatest thing ever until they become teenagers and then they don't anymore. I, I, I didn't think, oh, I, I want a mini version of myself or any of that. It just never, it just never clicked. Um, you know, and of course, it, it was considered to be the norm. Um, you could see that in other relationships where people married and then two or three years later, the next thing was the kids and... Maybe I was a bit cynical in my late 20s and sort of thinking, well, you know, that's because people are getting bored with the same old, same old and it's kind of the next thing to do. And I didn't feel like that was necessarily the right reason for bringing somebody into the world or whatever. If I was to start over again with having kids, I am pretty sure I would have them a little bit later. Um, just so that I could have more of an adult life and so that myself and my now husband could have had more time as a couple before throwing ourselves into parenthood I that's probably the only thing I'd change I don't think I would change I would still have kids I always wanted to have kids I always thought I wanted four and now I think that three is too many <laughs> but yeah I would just have them later I would just put it back a couple of years if I could I think if I was going to compare life with children and life without children, it would involve remembering what life was actually like without children. I'm not sure I can. It hasn't even been six years yet, and I really can't remember what I used to do with my time or my brain or my mental load in general. What was I thinking about? What was I doing? If you don't have children, you get to make every decision for yourself, I think is the thing. You get to decide... What do I want to do? Whereas when you have children, everything for you turns in, what do I need to do? And so it just leads to a total shift in your ability to be selfish, I think. One of the crazy things I thought at one stage was when somebody commented, like, children, they don't sleep in at the weekend. That was a real moment for me I just thought oh my god I love my weekend lions I like the thought of not being able to sleep in at the weekend and it's a really selfish thing I know 
I mean, she's trying to prepare you, like, do you know what I mean? Like, if you do have kids... She's trying to prepare herself, actually. I think that's what's happening, is that she's trying to prepare herself for the time that maybe she'll be a grandmother and she'll have forced it upon me and that I'll just succumb to her, which is... She couldn't force it upon you. Come on, babe. I think you're being a bit defensive with her. Like, you're coming from a position of agreeing with her, of wanting the same thing. So, like, I just don't think that she understands how it makes me feel to constantly... That's the no, I don't agree with everything she's saying, okay? I know she can be annoying and just saying that she has some of the points she's making about some of the stuff you're doing, like, are right. Maybe think okay, about getting thanks. a bigger car. Thanks. Great chat. Oh, my God. This is ridiculous. Like, oh... Yeah, it is ridiculous. Like, I don't want to have a fight with you about it as well. I'm not 16, but I don't, like, it's different now. Like, I mean, she might have been having kids when she was 19, 20, but, like, we don't do that now. That doesn't happen now. No, like, women I know, have a... but I suppose she just really wants to be a grandmother, and it's lovely, you know? Well, grand, but, like, not everyone gets what they want all the time. Like, it's it's my life. Do you know, it's my body, my life. Every, you know, like, I can't, I can't just do it for her. It's just not something I want. Why can't that be okay? It is okay. God, sorry. It is okay. It's not that I'm saying that you should, you know, oh, go, go have a baby right now because your mom wants to be a granny. I'm yeah. just saying that, that okay, if you do have to change your I have my mother telling you me this stuff. Change your apartment I have enough from my mother. Please, as my mate, please don't go, just don't do it. Like, honestly, I don't want to fight with you about this. Like, I fight with her all the time about I don't this. want to fight with you. Well, then can you just drop it? Why are you saying the exact same thing she says that I'm just about saying... No, I'm not. I'm, I'm just, just saying to you that that annoys me, that she won't leave me alone, and you're saying the exact same thing. No, I'm not saying the exact same thing. I'm just saying that she's kind of being helpful about some stuff. Okay, holding up baby girl to the supermarket is kind of annoying, but... It's not I kind mean, of annoying. It's like, she's, it's delusional. Like, that's well, mad. It's not delusional, babe. It's the harsh on It's not mean, really harsh. It's just you don't get it. Do you know what? You don't get it because your, your head is in that as well. What are you you're thinking about? baby things. You know, you're like obsessed. It's all you think about as well. You're just like my man. You just, you just can't think of anything else. I just would hate you or anyone else to go through this. I know. I know that's not a reason to have a baby. I know, okay? Yeah. That is not a reason to have a baby. That's but all I'm saying. You I know? know, I hear you. God, Jesus. Sometimes I want to go into Tesco and I... I want to stand in the middle of that baby section and I want to just scream so loudly. I feel the same, but for a whole other fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it wasn't there. <laughs> when I think about the word abortion, I automatically my head goes straight to the word choice. I think about, I think about people who were in a situation that they certainly don't want to be in um, and a very difficult and harrowing and hard situation. Um, it's a very intimate thing. The, the Even people's own stories that were shared even two years ago during the referendum was very, very, very personal and intimate. And I feel like there was a lot of vulnerable people putting them, putting themselves out there. It stirs up injustice and unfairness and inequality and 
so it, it's funny it's it's very the, the word has connotations now as well you know but the main thing I do think about when I when I hear that word is is choice and being able to have your own bodily autonomy while on the one hand it, you know people say oh it's great to talk we really need to talk about these things more actually sometimes it's too hurtful to other people for like uh, somebody like me to be saying yeah I'm totally fine I don't need to have kids I didn't want to have kids when there's somebody like the hardest part of the spectrum between having no children and having lots of children uh, is the is the person the woman in the middle who is really trying to have a child and they get talked to in the way in a way that I think is disrespectful of them as women and they get words used about them like barren and make them feel like as though that they are failing in some way and there's something about you know friends who've been told that their womb is an inhospitable place for a child I can just understand why they get so upset by that kind of language I was pretty involved in the repeal campaign abortion is something that I have strong opinions on even since the Eighth Amendment was repealed, there still isn't enough access to abortion in Ireland for people who are pregnant and don't want to be, or people who are pregnant and want to be, but whose babies won't survive. Um, it is such a basic medical right that people need to be able to have and to access safely and to access legally and to not have stigma around it. And to be able to talk about it openly, I found out that far more of my friends and acquaintances that had abortions that were afraid to talk about them, were afraid to tell people um, in case they were judged or in case they were seen differently. And I was quite surprised about the compassion that came out of people when you started talking to them about abortion, you'd, you know, you'd knock on the door during the repeal campaign and it would be an old man and he'd be saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, my wife or my sister or my niece, oh, you know, we had to help them when they had to go to Liverpool. or, And the compassion that would be pouring out of them for the situation that their family or their friend had found themselves in um, was so heartening, especially about a subject that can still be taboo and still difficult to talk about. Ma'am, is the doorbell broken? Yeah, for a few weeks now. I keep forgetting to fix it. I was out there about ten minutes like an Egypt, pressing it over and over. Ah, oh God, sorry, love. <laughs> Are you okay? Where's Sean? I came straight from work. I just thought it'd be nice to hang out tonight. What? Okay. Yeah. Are you sure you're okay? Ma'am, I said I'm grand. Do you want something to eat? No, thanks. I have some pasta here I can heat up you. No, thanks, ma'am. Do you want some tea? Um, I've lovely cake too. Did you eat dinner already? Claire? Just tea please, ma'am. Okay, love. How was your day? Where's Sean? Have you had a fight? No, ma'am, no fight. He knows I'm here. It was his idea. Can we just watch Winning Streak? You hate Winning Streak. I love it, mind you. Imagine. They get thousands for absolutely nothing. God! Imagine I had 50,000 euro. <laughs> Claire, love. 
What's going on? Are you okay? Something's up. Am I right? I just... Tell me. What is it? <laughs> I'm just not feeling the best, ma'am. Ah, oh, come here, love. Come here. I wasn't ready. That's all there is to it. I know I'm supposed to be ready. I'm 33. I have a wonderful partner. I have a home and a dog. I have loads of friends, a loving family. I have support. I have everything I need. But I couldn't. And I don't know if Jenny would fully understand. But I just wasn't ready. Everyone's dealing with their own shit here. No need to be such a dickhead, you know? Just a cue for a bus. How are you? I'm Grant, are you? Okay. Going away for the weekend with my man. I think she's starting to worry about me now. Uh, you deserve a nice break, Jenny. Coffee? Tea, please. Oh, here, I'll get it. You're Grant. Two teas, please. How's Sean? Been a crazy few weeks. Work? No. Right? Yeah. You okay? I need to tell you something. Jesus, you've gone white. Why is it? I really need to just tell you something. Claire, you're scaring me. Are you okay? I, I don't know how to say this, so... I'll just... Say it. I, I had an abortion. A month ago. I, th I thought I could just forget it happened, but I can't. I can't forget it. And I feel like I've been lying to you or something. And I know you're suffering so much trying to have a baby. And I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm not ready. I couldn't. I, I just couldn't do it. I try, I try to see myself pushing a buggy and, and carrying a nappy bag, driving a bigger car. I try to imagine another life, a life where I wanted this. But I couldn't. Poor Sean. But we agreed it was, it was the best decision. For now, at least. I found out early... For those who look for silver linings, yeah, maybe this is it. It started with one pill. I was told it stops the pregnancy progressing. It breaks down the lining of your womb. The next day it's two more tablets. These ones need time to dissolve before you swallow them. Leave them between your gum and your cheek and then swallow. That's when you feel the cramps. That's when you start to bleed. <laughs> they, they let you decide how to dispose of it. <laughs> I don't imagine why anyone else would decide such a thing for you. <sighs> no, I, I made my decision. And I have to live with it now.
I'm here for you. Some women confided in me that if they had their time again, that they wouldn't have children. And that's not to say that they don't love and adore their children, but just that if they had their time over, that they wouldn't have had children. I think it's quite a taboo to admit that you regret having children. Um, My own experience of pregnancy and children and motherhood is I have three kids. Um, I have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old and a four-year-old and I feel like I had a pretty wide variety of experience with pregnancy anyway. Um, My eldest, who's nine, his pregnancy was really straightforward. I was really lucky, like I didn't have any sickness. Um, His birth was completely different, everything went, you know, he was first baby decided he didn't want to to come so I was induced and ended up having um, a C-section but apart from that it was you know really plain sailing Um, it was pretty traumatised by the section I suppose so with my second baby I decided to have a home birth and again his whole pregnancy was amazing it was like one of the best times that I had like physically how I felt really great and um, wasn't sick again and just generally felt really good and had a, a lovely home birth with him. And then my third baby was my four-year-old and her pregnancy, I was completely miserable the whole way through. Um, I have a history of depression anyway and I was definitely depressed during that pregnancy. Um, I just was miserable. I didn't want to be pregnant. I considered not continuing the pregnancy. Um, I remember I was in college at the time and I... <laughs> It sounds terrible when you say it because it's not something I've experienced, but I sat in lectures wishing that I was every cramp was the start of a miscarriage. I just I really didn't want to be pregnant. Then I developed like a condition towards the end called obstetric oleostasis, which is a kind of a liver condition that makes the bile acids from your liver build up in your blood and it's just horrific. But after the really horrible pregnancy that I didn't enjoy a second of her birth was the most amazing Um, so it was a really kind of healing and um, all the midwives that I had and everything were just unreal so that's all the babies I'm ever going to have and it was a lovely way to kind of finish the part of pregnancy and birth and having kids and having that part of my life it was kind of a nice satisfying end to it all Claire. Hey, Jenny. I haven't heard from you all week. What? You haven't contacted me since... Since? Last week, in the cafe. Have I not? No. Oh, sorry, I've just been... been a bit all over the place, everything, you know. I thought you weren't talking to me because of the... The what? The, you know, the... Abortion? Yeah. Fuck's sake, Claire. Might be mental at the moment, but I wouldn't do that. It's just that... Oh, Jesus. With everything you're going through and... Yeah, but... You just... You haven't rang or... I'm sorry. I'm a bitch at the moment. I haven't seen anyone. It's grand. It's not grand. Are you OK? Just a bit all over the place. I'm sure. I, I, I know it was the right thing. I just feel a bit... Sad. Yeah. 
and relieved, really. I just, I just couldn't. I know, love. You don't have to explain yourself to me. You did the right thing, okay? Yeah. You did. I know, no, I know. I know I did. I just, I just really thought I'd upset you. You just have a selfish cow as your best mate. <laughs> no wonder you're crying. What are we like? You don't want one. I can't get oh, one. Oh, Jesus, stop. That's not funny. <laughs> Come on, let's skip this meeting. I'll buy you a brownie in the canteen. <sighs> Having the abortion was the hardest decision I've ever made. Or will ever make. And I know that. The hardest. I'll never be able to be sure it was the right thing to do. But it was the only thing I could do at the time. The nurses, the doctors, the receptionist, my Sean. I did what I thought was best. I wasn't ready. I was the unlucky 0.01% caught out despite my best efforts. But I don't need to explain myself. I shouldn't need to. I am my own self. I am my body. My life. I haven't stopped thinking about Jenny. I was born in 1952 and I got married when I was just coming up to 25. My children were born in 1980. So I was 28, I think 28, yeah, the maths are not great, um, when the girls were born. Um, it was, when I, when I was young and when I got married, it was expected of you to get married. You got to a certain age and you just, that was what you did. You were expected to get married. And I think if you talk to any woman of my age um, around that time who got married around the time that I did in the late 70s, early 80s, it was just kind of what you did. You had the wedding. But things have changed from then a lot because now women make their own choices, whether they have a baby, whether they don't have a baby. It's not kind of expected of them anymore. Before, when I was young, if you didn't have a baby after a certain number of years, people would start asking questions say um any news that was a great one any news and any news after a year two three years of marriage was are you pregnant nobody would ever say are you pregnant or are you going to have a baby they would say any news anything stirring i'm out of touch with young mothers and babies a bit but i'm sure that nobody asked that question at least i certainly hope nobody asks that anymore Jesus, John, stop asking me, am I okay? Let's just get out of here. Oh, you look so sad. Stop giving out to him, Jenny. He's heartbroken himself. Three bloody times. I'm sick of this place. Oh, and a million pregnant women coming at me. Would you mind not shoving your fertility in me face? Where's the exit? Big swollen bellies on them. 
boobs full of milk. Lucky bitches. Oh, little Miss Smug is looking at me. Leaving with her new babies. Fucking state of her. Looks like she couldn't even take care of herself, never mind two. I can't even get one. I mean, I'm from a family of women. None of them have had problems like me. Why me? They say it's one in four, but none of them have had this. I'm the only one. No one knows why. After the first, I didn't leave the house for a month. I was doing yoga. Taking folic acid, doing what they told me. Couldn't get my head around it. Second one at six weeks. Ended up in A&E, three in the morning. Thought I might be hemorrhaging. Sent me home. How sorry they were. Take some paracetamol. Paracetamol me whole. Then weeks of bleeding. Pregnancy test to confirm you're not anymore. You've got to go and pee on a stick to confirm. Yes, you lost your baby. Well done. Congratulations. You got it all out of you. A one in four women in Ireland suffer from miscarriage, uh, around 50,000 a year. And as you probably talk to friends and family and you mention uh, miscarriage, you would probably find that, you know, they'll say, oh, I've had one or I know someone who's had one. There are so many emotions around having a miscarriage. Firstly, shock that it has happened. Um, it, you know, it's not always expected. You expect the pregnancy to go okay. And then anger at your loss and Grief, it is It is a grief, it is a loss. As we say, you can never be a little bit pregnant. Like once you see those two blue lines, you're planning ahead in your head and your heart for this little baby. And when those plans are lost and the baby's lost, you know, it's so hard and it's, your heart breaks. Miscarriage can be considered still a taboo subject, although that is getting better in recent years uh, with coverage on TV and radio and other social media cha channels. I think as more famous women speak out about their own miscarriages, it generates interest around the subject and people feel more open to talking about it then. So I think it's definitely improving in this area. My name is Deirdre Pierce McDonnell, Chairperson of the Miscarriage Association of Ireland, and we provide peer-to-peer -peer support based on our own experiences. All the details for this can be found on our website, miscarriage.ie. How are you doing? Okay. I didn't think you'd be back till next week. Oh, I just, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry I cancelled Sunday, just with John's mum's birthday. And How was that? Awful. I thought you were going to bail on it. I was. Then... Were they all there? Yeah. Oh. Boats. <laughs> Stuffed to the raft, just the house was. You know, his feckin' lot. Breed, Breed like, like rabbits. rabbits. <laughs> yeah. 
Did anyone say anything? No. They didn't have to. It's just so embarrassing, Claire. I'm all pretending not to know. Then if anyone even mentioned kids, I mean, the place was full of kids. Mm. I can see them all thinking, John would make a great dad, wouldn't he? Sure, me and me wonky womb with the talk of the family. I'm sorry. Everything's going to be okay, Jen. The first, I think, was the worst. Just over ten weeks. Ten weeks and two days. Cramps woke me up. Awful. Like contractions, I suppose. Must have been two in the morning or something. I remember thinking when the sun comes up, they'll stop. Just have to get to the sun coming up. Just started counting. John counted with me. Like as if I was in labour. Must have fallen back asleep at some stage. When I woke, I really needed to pee. And I just... slipped out of me. The baby. My baby. It's like the size of a small apple or a plum or something. It's a really strange sensation. I tried to see it, like tried to look, but... Well, obviously, it just slipped down the toilet. I read later some women try and catch it in a sieve. I just sat there, kind of wondering where it'd gone. Like, had it hit the sea yet? to go down all the sewers to the sea. Couldn't get that image out of my brain. I just sat there beside the toilet for ages. It's funny because sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm just a new mother, but actually my son is four now, so... He's a child, not a baby anymore. My experience with pregnancy was really, really beautiful. And I don't know whether that's hindsight and rose-tinted glasses, but I do remember it being extremely positive and coming up to the end of it, kind of going, oh no, I can't believe there won't be a little person living inside me anymore. It'll be out in the world. And I kind of nearly feel like I want him to stay in there forever, you know? 
uh, I've never felt such a crazy amount of emotions in a short space of time. Um, I also got, and I have, and they, I still have them and I absolutely love them, these white stretch marks all around me, kind of belly button. And they came, um, obviously in the last week, there was just a huge growth spurt and my little body wasn't, it was, wasn't able to stretch like that and now they are these kind of silvery white you can barely make them out anymore I know a lot of people don't like their stretch marks but I really like mine I think during the repeal the 8th amendment campaign I did get some comments about oh that's because you've killed your children and I think they assumed because I was you know I was probably 50 the year that uh, amendment was passed and they assumed that I had had an abortion Um, and I hadn't had an abortion or a miscarriage but I certainly wasn't condemning anybody who had. I don't feel I have ever been judged negatively for not having children. Um, Well certainly nobody's ever said it to my face, they may say it behind my back but I was quite happy not to have children and and I'm still uh, to this day very happy with my decision. Are you alright love? Yeah I just Geraldine? Jenny? Ah love how are you? (laughs) Are you okay? You're very pale. Yeah I just I'm sorry, stupid. Sit, sit down here and I'll pour you a cup of tea. Now, get that into you. Thanks, Geraldine. I'm sorry about this. Sorry, nothing. I'm delighted I bumped into you. Claire told me about your trouble. I'm so sorry. Awful things. Yeah. How are you? Okay. Well... I thought I was okay. I'd signed up for a yoga class around the corner. Oh, that's good. I never liked the yoga. They do it in the women's group, but I'm not bendy enough for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I turned up a bit early and there was a maternity yoga class going on. All these really heavily pregnant women and I just, I just ran ah, out. you poor thing. I thought I was grand. These things take time. You'll get your baby, Jenny. I'm starting to doubt that. You will. Stay positive. How's John doing? He says he's fine. He just looks sad a lot. Doesn't help I'm like a bag of cats most of the time. He's a lovely fella. He is. I should do something nice for him. There you go. Thanks, Geraldine. I'm delighted I ran into you. Me too. (laughs) Have you seen my Claire? I'm worried about her. She called around the other night, just wanted to sit there with me watching telly. She must be missing you. I don't know. Something's going on with her. She'll tell me eventually. Are you okay now? Yeah. Thanks, Geraldine. Thanks a million. Forget all about that bending and stretching and go home and snuggle into John. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Thanks.
I think there's a few things that are universal though uh, that I don't know maybe people said them to me um, and I just didn't pay any heed I think the biggest thing is everything is a phase everything is a phase if you are experiencing something with pregnancy with a baby with a child so often you can just wait it out just kind of keep on swimming and it's it's gone and you, you forget it and then the next thing happens and then it does just end because it's just a phase everything's temporary some parents have expressed to me how free my life is without having to worry about childcare and I do believe that I am very lucky I think I'm much more free and independent than a lot of my friends. But I do feel sometimes that maybe they pity me because they feel that I have really missed out. I don't think I have. I don't envy them at all for their decisions. And I would just like to reassure them that they don't need to pity me. I'm more than happy with my decision. There was so much advice and people telling you what way it'll work better. You, you start not trusting yourself. Um, the only advice I would ever really give to new mothers is no one knows your baby as well as you know your baby. Do it your own way, unapologetically. The best advice that I've been given about motherhood was to really... Just go with your own instinct. And you realise that babies are different. Mothers are different. The one piece of advice that I did accept was people would say, if you get offered help, take it. So most of the time, you just really have to wing it. You know, it was always possible for me to change your mind, but I just... It, it didn't. My mind didn't change. And I, I could have had kids, I'm sure. I've actually have no idea because I obviously never got pregnant. But it doesn't feel to me it's just absolutely fine. I never felt that I was going to wake up one day and go, oh, my God, I forgot to have children like that cartoon from that was around in the 1990s. So, look, you know, as I say, it's hard to talk about it if you feel like you're being smug and self-satisfied. But it's an experience and for me, it's been a very positive experience and it hasn't really had a downside. If I was to give advice, it would probably be to never listen to anyone's advice. There are so many things and expectations that are loaded on to people who are parents. There's, you know, this expectation of a mother can never do everything. You know, she can't, you can't work, you can't be at home with the kids and there's this guilt that it's almost you're expected to have guilt but don't take it on because there's no perfect mother, there's no perfect parent um, and literally all you can do is your best and you're good enough is good enough. We've been listening to No One Ever Asked Me That written and devised by Louise Lewis, Nairi Jurgen Harsian and Goretti Slaven. Claire was played by Nairi Jurgen Harsian and Louise Lewis was Jenny. Helen Norton played the part of Geraldine and Lauren Larkin was the woman in the cafe. 
And special thanks for contributions from Liz Nugent, Ethna Hand, Sona Harris, Mary Harrington, Lisa Kyo Finnegan and Deirdre Pierce MacDonald. Sound supervision was by Pather Carney and Mark Dwyer. No One Ever Asked Me That was directed by Goretti Slaven and the series producer of Drama on One is Kevin Reynolds. And if you or anyone you know has been affected by the issues raised in tonight's drama, you can find helpline information on our website, rte.ie slash support. Drama on One. Sundays at 8pm. rte.ie forward slash drama on one. Drama on One.